What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the ones in charge. They are the host. They are at the wheel, and they are steering this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line, and another episode with 1% with Him. We are going to be doing a reading out of the book of Psalms, chapter 41, which is going to be the last book, or excuse me, the last chapter we're going to be reading in the first book out of three in the book of Psalms. And then we're going to move forward into the New Testament, preferably probably Romans, I'm thinking. And we're going to read through a few books in the New Testament, maybe get to something in the Old Testament before we get to the second book of Psalms. So, because there's three books in Psalms, it's a good way to break it up. So we're not spending... Excuse me. We're not spending the next, you know, two and a half, three months in one book because that would be, I mean, it wouldn't be bad, but, you know, I'd like to break it up. So I'm just treating the three books of Psalms as if they're separate books in of itself. So anyway, welcome. Glad to have you here. And remember, God is steering our personal vessels, our personal ships through this crazy, chaotic life. And, uh, you know, we are in a storm. And here's the thing, like I always say. Put your trust in God, 100% God and Jesus Christ, and they will steer your personal vessel into that safe harbor so you can anchor and get your feet on solid, dry ground and have peace and calm once again. That will be coming, um, Just, but you got you to gotta weather the storm. You got to put your trust in God because, again, depending on the Bible version that you have, 365 times, what does it say? Fear not. That's right. So... Before I get into the reading of uh, Psalm 41, I got to say, so I wanted to do an actual, an additional Bible podcast, or not a Bible podcast, but an additional podcast after this uh, 1% with him. But I had such a very long day. Today was one of those days, I'm just going to be completely honest, it was just one of those days that probably Satan was there every step of the way trying to push me down, trying to irritate me using other people. I mean, if if it, I'm not going to get into all the details, but all I will say is it's been a day almost so much so that I didn't even want to come on tonight. That's where I'm at. I'm in a very foul mood, but I'm going to make the best of it. As I try to do my darndest every day, I try to be thankful no matter what the day brings. I always try to be thankful for everything, but you know, I, I can't get behind this mic without being completely transparent with all of you. Because here's the thing, like when you're in sales, and I used to be in sales, you always have to put up a fake smile. You always have to put up a fake good mood if you're in a sour mood, right? Because we're all human. We all have bad days. Let's face it. 
We're not perfect like Christ. We all have bad days. And we let certain days get to us more than others. But with sales, because it depends on your livelihood, you have to put up that fake front. Now here, I don't believe in putting up a fake front. I don't believe in the fake it till you make it. I don't believe in lying to you guys and making making everything seem like all is rosy, right? And everything is great. That's why I don't do Facebook. I can't stand fake. I don't like when people try to, you know, disguise their life as if it is the perfect fairy tale and nothing goes wrong in their life. I'm glad they want to put out the illusion like that. But I don't like illusions. I don't like magic. I don't like I don't like magic tricks. I like authenticity. I like real. I like raw. And tonight, I'm just telling you straight from my mouth, I am in a bit of a bitter mood. <laughs> but I'm trying to find laughter through it. Thankfully, praise the Lord, my wife is fine. After her ER visit, it was just a very severely strained muscle in her chest. Um, so yeah, you know, so that was good. And, you know, I will say this, you know what? Thankfully I have a wonderful marriage and a wonderful daughter and a great home to come home to because, you know, work life has been getting to me. Um, just like I said, just the, the, the typical doldrums of life. I think it's getting everybody, you know, and, um, I, I, I gotta turn to God, you know, and ask for that strength, right? Ask for that armor. God, give me that armor. Cause I, we need you. We need you. And that kind of brings me to my next point. So like what I'm going to get into some in the, in the future discussions, hopefully starting tomorrow, hopefully I don't have a day like today, tomorrow, and I can get home at a decent time. Um, cause literally I just got in an hour ago. I went to go do the grocery shopping just cause like I said, my wife's a little bit out of commission and I've been, I took off work yesterday to help, you know, catch her up on the laundry just cause she really should take it easy. And so I've been trying to step it up a notch for her. And so hopefully, assuming I don't have a, a, a day tomorrow like I did today, I'm going to start getting into the topic of, you know, where the, the, the evil nature of Satanism and the one world, uh, the one world religion that's trying to be established, you know, I want to start getting into that. And it all stems from the Vatican. Now, keep in mind, okay, I know I have family members and I might have listeners too that are Catholic. Look, I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic school for three years. My wife went to a Catholic school for K through 12. Okay. Um, I'm very, there's certain aspects of the Catholic religion I really enjoy, but there are a lot of things that I started questioning and I started asking more and more questions about, well, Hold on a second. Why do you guys, why do we do this, this, that, and the other? Why do we pray to patron saints when that is nowhere instructed in the Bible itself? Doesn't matter what version of the Bible you have. Nowhere in there does it tell us we need to pray to saints or to pray to Mary. You know, these are things, these are things that I, that I, I question. And actually Ron he sent me this video and I did watch it, Ron, by the way, I saw your comment here. I did watch. In fact, I watched it three times. My wife watched it once. And you know what? It prompted some very good questions. And so my wife went on a Facebook group. I think it was Facebook. She went on a Facebook group and she was just trying to prompt, provoke thought with an interesting question with regards to holidays. And excuse me and she asked i forgot exactly how she asked in fact hold on let me see let me i think i have it right here just give me a moment she said 
in her post. Bear with me. Somewhere here. Oh, where'd it go? I'm sorry. Here it is. She posted, With opening my eyes more about certain holidays and the faith, what does everyone do for the holidays? For example, we enjoy fall harvest things because fall is a blessing from God, and we will be celebrating All Saints Day instead of Halloween. Another example, Christmas. The Immaculate Conception is December 8th, therefore Jesus was born in September. When you dig deep into Christmas traditions such as the tree, you find it has nothing to do with Christ or the faith and is actually satanic and a made-up pagan holiday. My heart is torn, especially with having a young child. I want to do the right thing by God, be in the world, not of the world, and spread the true truth of His message and life. You want to know something, ladies and gentlemen? Now, my wife has got a pure good solid heart it's amazing that she even it's amazing that she even decided to want to date me and even said i do at the altar stupid stupid girl (laughs) but i'm glad she did because she helped me get closer to christ and little does she know i will never admit that 100 percent because i don't need her going around you know gloating be like yeah that's right i saved your soul (laughs) but But here's the thing. Here's the thing. My wife is a good woman. She's got a pure heart of gold. She was a CNA. When we went to the ER the other day on Sunday, I think it was, was, uh, excuse me, Saturday evening, we were were just about two blocks away from the ER and we were at a traffic light and we, I had to drop her off. We had nobody to watch my daughter because we didn't want my daughter inside the ER, inside the hospital, possibly getting sick, you know. So uh, we just, we had no other option. So I had to drop her off and then bring her back home, make dinner until, you know, wait for her call, say, hey, everything's good or everything's not good, whatever. So, but we're at the, uh, we're at the traffic light and I'm making a point here. There's a homeless man, a panhandler, like, and you can tell he's legit homeless, not one of those fake ones, but whatever. And my daughter was like, oh, do we have cash? And my wife is like, you know, I think I might have some cash. And so like through her pain and her struggling with breathing is still managing to go through and rummage through her purse and through her wallet to try to five to find a five or whatever she had. Because we typically don't carry cash. Typically, we don't. And we, we, you know, right before the light turned green, you know, we gave the money to my daughter because my daughter loves handing money to, you know, the, the homeless people. And so she gave her the money. And I was just telling my wife this morning or this afternoon when I got home from work, I said, you know, God knows your heart. I said, God knows who you are. He knows your purity and your intent and you have a genuine love for humanity. And I said, I don't think you'll ever have a problem getting to heaven. I said, now me on the other hand, I might have a long meeting before I'm even allowed to the front door, but all kidding aside. So she posted this post that I just read to you in a Catholic group, by the way. Okay. So let me paint the picture. She posted this post in a Catholic group. She got attacked beyond measure. So many ignorant people, not awake to anything, not even probably think the Pope is the greatest thing in the world, not even realizing the evil Satanism behind the Vatican and in the, in the past Pope's, you know, going in history. She got so severely attacked. Maybe a couple of voices 
sprung up and were like, well, you know, I appreciate the provoking thought, but, you know, your comment in question seems very secular and very paganistic and blah, 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 blah. And that's anything but my wife is. My, my wife is a follower of Christ. But remember, like I said, even though she grew up Catholic, went to a Catholic school, K through 12, that's all she's ever known. So for her to question all she's ever known takes great, great strength and faith. And I'm not even encouraging this, mind you. So because like I said, we differ on the forgiveness of God. She feels and always believed because of her schooling and her upbringing. Okay, then you got to go to a priest and confess your sins. Me. I think contrary of that, as many, you know, Protestant Christians do. Okay, so there's that. But it doesn't go to say that I'm wrong or she's wrong. We could bo both be correct because, well, Jason, why do you say that? Well, it's about the intent and the purity of one's heart. Are you a scumbag and always trying to take advantage of your brother or sister and trying to make your neighbor stumble? Or are you trying to bring out the best in people and try to always lift people up by the spirit of, you know, solid good words, right? Because words, there's life and death in words. So are you using words to provoke death or are you using words to provoke life and in, 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 in upbringing, you know, bringing people up? Well, that's my wife, okay? It takes a lot to get her mad. And she's so down, she's all, she's certainly distraught because, you know, she, the reality of what she knew is getting broken. And she's like, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Like, I, I, I'm awake to the Vatican and the evils of the Vatican and all that they have done. She goes, I'm just, I'm so sad. Like, I want to ask my, you know, ask our priest, Father Chuck. I want to ask him what he thinks. I said, babe, I said, look, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I said, you can join all the prayer, you know, the, the Bible studies that you can think of in our area. You can ask all the priests and pastors that are not Catholic, all the questions that you think you have. And yeah, you'll get varying opinions, varying answers. I said, but here's the thing. You got to read your Bible and pray to God for discernment, which brings me to my next point before we get into the reading. So discerning, what is the word discern? Well, the word discern and its derivatives are translations of the Greek word anacrino in the New Testament. And it means to distinguish and to separate out by diligent search to examine and discernment is the ability to properly discriminate or make determinations. Now, it is related to wisdom. And the word of God itself is said to discern the thoughts and intentions of one's heart that you can find in Hebrews 4.12. And so a discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight that go beyond what is seen and heard. For example, God's word is spiritually discerned. As it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, to the human mind without the spirit, the things of God are foolishness. Now the spirit then gives us spiritual discernment. Now King Solomon was known for his power of discernment and making many wise decisions and moral judgments. And Christians today are to be discerning as well. But Paul prayed for believers to discern what is best until the day of Christ. And so a discerning person will acknowledge the worth of God's word and all the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked and perverse. And to the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. And you can find that in Proverbs 8, 8 through 9. And so seeking discernment is a goal that we all desire to walk righteously. 
I mean, who is wise? Really, you know, he will realize these things. Who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Hosea 14.9. I felt bad for my wife that she had to go through that nonsense. There's a lot of people that are lost that claim they are Christians, claim they are Catholics. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's sick what I'm seeing out there in the world. It's very frustrating. And I like what Rita said, persecution will make us stronger. In fact, hold on, I'm going to screenshot this because I want to show my wife, because you're absolutely right, Rita. You are absolutely right. I'm going to screenshot this if you don't mind. And yeah, Destry's right too. Satan's serpents have silver tongues and are targeting us where we are vulnerable. I experienced this face to face. The demon told me I was strong. I told the demon I am stronger than it ever could be. Yep. And I know what story he's talking about. It's a very cool story. One day, maybe I can have Destry on the air here when he's, you know, wanting to and we have the time to and, um, you know, he can maybe possibly share that story. You know, we don't have to talk about everything assembly, you know. But the bottom line is, is that I was shocked that she got attacked like she did for asking a pure, genuine question. Because as we start awakening to really what's going on in the evils of this world, especially when it stems from the Vatican, all she wants to do is we want to live in the most righteous way we possibly can. Like I'm, we, we don't celebrate Halloween now. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that Satanism and witchcraftery and all that other nonsense. In fact, I, I struggle whether or not if I want to put Christmas lights up on my house for Christmas because the birth of Christ was not December 25th. In fact, it was the, you know, Nimrod or what is it? Osiris. I think it goes by both names, December 25th, which is, completely opposite of Jesus Christ. And so I'm struggling with these holidays. Easter, I know for sure. Easter, I mean, I I get what Passover was and stuff like that. But like Easter, when you look up the, you know, the origins of Easter and the paganistic and the Satanism behind that, that's just sick too. So, you know, these things that we always grew up with, as a child that you always thought were harmless, right? And that's what they wanted us to do. They wanted us to believe that Easter and and the Easter egg and the Easter bunny is all harmless, not realizing the true satanic meanings behind it. Anyway, prayers up for, for those people like my wife, all right? My wife is a good woman. And she's a strong woman. Let me tell you what. She's a strong woman. She has to be to be married to me. I'm a pain in the ass. Excuse my language. But she's a strong woman. She's a good woman. But yeah, I, I agree, Rita. We, we, no matter what, we will take those holidays and make them the way, make them make a way to glorify Jesus. Absolutely. I was thinking about doing a huge giant cross on the side of my house. Actually, on both sides of my house. Because when you go up the street, my house is directly in the middle. I was thinking about doing big, huge cross on, on the side of my house. I got a big, broad side on of both sides of my house. thought that would be sweet. And like writing Christmas lights on my roof, Jesus saves or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to figure something out. I'm going to do something. But anyway, 
Let's get into the reading. Chapter 41, last chapter in the first book of Psalms, New American Standard Bible. It's a short one, only 13 verses. It reads, Blessed is one who considers the helpless. The Lord will save him on the day of trouble. I'm going to pause there. That is definitely my wife. She always considers the helpless and the poor. The Lord, verse 2, the Lord will protect him and keep him alive, and he will be called blessed upon the earth, and do not turn him over to the desire of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to health. As for me, I said, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil against me. When will he die and his name perish? And when he comes to see me, he speaks empty words. His heart gathers wickedness to itself. When he goes outside, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. They plot my harm against me, saying, A wicked thing is poured out upon him, so that when he lies down, he will not get up again. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout and triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity, and you place me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Amen. And so, what does Psalm chapter 41 mean? So, the collection of Psalms is sometimes divided into five books, with the first including everything from Psalm 1 through 41. Now, the passage, this passage was probably inspired by the attempted rebellion of David's son, Absalom. And the themes of slander, plotting, danger, and betrayal are compared to confidence in God's healing, protective, God's healing and protective ability. Now, David begins by stating that God will provide protection for those who care about or care for the disadvantaged. Now, the Hebrew term translated as poor here includes more than just those lacking resources. David sees himself as one of these righteous people, and he connects this to God's ability to heal, then confesses his sin and asks for God's healing. This leads into the following passage, where the early verses establish David's reasons to trust the Lord that the Lord will be with him in the demanding situation. In David's case, enemies were plotting and scheming for his death. In fact, they wanted to take his throne, kill him, and erase his legacy. Now, one of his conspirators was his own trusted advisor, Ahathophel, I believe I'm saying that right, who strongly sought to see David killed. Now, you can see that reference in 2 Samuel 17, 1 through 3 and verse 14. Now, during the Last Supper, Jesus referred to, to David's comment about a betraying friend applying the idea to Judas, and yet David still expresses confidence in God's protection. Now, the psalm ends with David's clear expectation that the Lord will give him victory over his enemies, and rather than letting him die, he praises God for having a forever relationship, ending the psalm with a blessing of praise to God. Amen. It's so important that we always end with a blessing, you know, a praise to God, a blessing of praise of God to God. 
because we have so much to be thankful for. And I think a lot of people overlook that and they forget it, you know? But, um, man, I tell you, I, I just, uh, today, today was one of those days, folks, that it was, I shouldn't say it wasn't a bad day, but it was a day. Work has been getting, you know, getting me bummed out with my schedule, as you can tell, which by the way, I will be having a Brandenburg block hour this Friday. Now, not next Friday. So basically I'll have a Brandenburg block hour every other Friday for right now. Okay. Until my, my schedule somehow levels out. That's another challenge and story in of itself. And I'm not going to bore you all with, but, um, you know, got to do what I got to do. I'm the sole provider for the home and that's, this is kind of what I have to do. Unfortunately, the podcast has to come second to my job, but I will always do my absolute best for all of you to be here to honor God's calling that I think, and I believe in my heart he had for me because he's the one that led me to do this podcast. And that's why I say I'm his co-host because he started this. I didn't start this. I heard his calling and I just kind of did the legwork for him with him. And I am just here as a servant. And I will say this, guys. For all of you that are sharing the podcast, wow, thank you. Today, I looked at my analytics as a sidebar. I got to share this with you. I was so excited to see this. For the first time, I don't know where this came from because I looked at the shows because I could see how many downloads are for each show. And nothing really changed on a daily day-to-day basis as far as you know who downloaded what. But all of a sudden... 509 or 510 downloads on one, you know, for one day. Typically, it's like anywhere between 150 to maybe 250. Uh, yesterday hit 309. I was like, whoa, that was pretty cool. I was like pretty happy to see 309 downloads yesterday. But then today I got home and I saw 510. I was like, whoa, mama. I'm like, that is great. And I'm noticing more followers. I mean, just oh, it seemed like over the last two days, uh, an increase, I think, of eight or nine, 10 followers. I mean, just amazing. So whoever is out there spreading this and sharing the podcast, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, just it, it, It's just amazing to see the, the work that, that's taking place here. And like I said, I'm just trying to do my best to just trying to do my best to serve God first and then serve my family second. And then my nation and all of you third. Because we need to save this country. We need to save our republic. We need to, most importantly, we need to bring God back to the forefront. And we just need to really get united again under the Heavenly Father, God Almighty, and Jesus Christ. We need to get united. It's so important. And so anyway, I just want to tell each and every one of you, I'm so thankful for you to be here. I don't care. Listen, and I hope you all take me at my word and hold me to this word, what I'm going to say on this October 10th, 2022. I don't care if this podcast stays the same size that it does today till the day I die 
or if it grows to millions and millions of people following, surpassing Joe Rogan and other big names out there, I will always maintain my authenticity and my transparency on a day-to-day basis. If I'm not feeling like a certain mood, like if something's getting to me, I will be sure to tell you up front in case it sounds like I'm off my game. I will tell you if I'm not feeling something a certain day. I will always try to do my best to be real. I will never be fake with you guys because I believe authenticity and realness and raw emotion is very important for anybody to share and experience because we can't have fakery. Enough of the fakery. We've all, we, I think we're all fakery fatigued. We really are. We're, we're so over the deception and the lies. We're exhausted. And so, Eyes up on God, ladies and gentlemen. Invite Christ in your heart. Seek out the heart of Christ. Let's pray, shall we? Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day of life. Truly, God, another day of life. Thank you. Thank you for the people in this community. And even the people that haven't discovered your podcast, your show, and it's not just this show. There's other great podcasts out there. I believe Scott with Bards FM is another one. The Kilted Christian, he's another one. There's some very good, solid personalities out there, good, solid shows. I just pray that we can have one good, solid community worldwide looking to you for all the answers, for discernment, and just to unite brother and sister once again. Let's get rid of this evil. We're tired of tyrants. We're tired of dictators. We're tired of Satan. We're tired of his minions. And we're tired of them trying to stomp us down. It's like Jesus said. He gave us authority to step on snakes and scorpions and to have authority over evil. And that's exactly what we will do. We thank you so much, Father, for all that you give us, all you bless us with. Thank you for another day of good health. Because without our good health, we have nothing else. We pray all of this in your awesome, awesome, sweet son's name. Jesus Christ, amen. And that is all we have for the day, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you all being here. Sorry that I came in here in a bad mood. But I am actually a little happy now that the show is ending because I got you guys. You guys are great. Got my family. I got my wife. Between my wife, daughter, and you guys here, you guys rock. And I have a, I'm actually in a better mood now, actually. (laughs) So you all have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world. We'll be back here tomorrow. We'll have another episode of 1% with him. I think we're going to dig into the book of Romans and we will start discussing the evils and the satanic nature of the Vatican and what they are doing. All right. That's all we have. God bless. Have a great night. Great day, wherever you're at in the world. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible. Spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop.
out our website, www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.